welcome to The Thought Leader's Voice. I'm Rachel Kinsella, editor at iResearch Services and your host today. We're excited to be joined today by Tom Newbold, experienced CMO and CEO at the FinTech Marketing Association. Thank you very much for being here today, Tom. My pleasure, thanks very much for having me. Tom's got a really rich background in marketing, tech, financial services, business consultancy and journalism. So I'd like to welcome you very warmly today, Tom, and invite you to start off with telling us a little bit more about yourself. Well, thanks very much, Rachel, for that uh, lovely introduction. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my the last 10 years of my career has been spent in fintech and financial services. And that that's really, you know, the area that I've found that career wise, I've had a lot of fulfillment, a lot of excitement and really been within the, the tremendous change and innovation that's happened within those those industries. Prior to that, you know, I had no less exciting time in some other industries, including healthcare, which was very exciting, uh, education. But I think what drew me into financial services was almost an accidental um, opportunity to uh, start a fintech business in the UK for a, a very successful, um, what was then European-wide and is now global, digital finance provider. And that was really a, a fast track into the world of fintech because... You know, this was going back to um, the year 2010. A lot of things were changing in that time. And there was a lot of innovation happening, particularly in the fusion between some of the fintech developments and the world of wider financial services. So I think, you know, within the marketing side of that, um, again, there's been a lot of tremendous change. Um, if we look at the range of marketing technology available now, it's incredible compared with 10 or 15 years ago. So the two things came together really, and you know, uh, birthed out of, of those um, roles I was I was doing the FinTech Marketing Association, which is a uh, you know something I'm involved in now, and, and gives me a lot of insight into what's going on in the FinTech world. Brilliant. Well, I think it's um, really impressive to be so heavily involved in a, an industry that is moving so quickly, as you say, seeing the innovation that's uh, at play. Um, so a little bit more on that, um, could you tell us a little bit more about the fintech umbrella uh, and how fintech marketing in particular is evolving and driving innovation within financial services in a broader sense? Yeah, sure. So um, the, the FMA, the Fintech Marketing Association, is really a professional network and collaboration of people working within marketing in fintechs or who are interested in marketing in fintechs. So, you know, in the membership We've got CEOs, founders, as well as people who are fulfilling marketing roles or leading marketing functions in those business. And the, the, the members stretch from Brazil uh, right through Europe, right into Australia. So we've got a really good collection of professionals, of knowledge, of people with uh, lots of great ideas, um, businesses with some fantastic, innovative things they're doing. Um, and also a lot of common problems. So a lot of, of common topics that we would come together to talk about, you know, how, how has someone done this and how has it been successful? What barriers have they hit? So really it's a, a fast track to solving some of the problems that fintech marketers would come up against. And also some of the issues that fintech businesses, um, which in the membership range from brand new startups right through to very, very successful fintechs that are operating now at scale. So the, the range of that expertise is, is a very powerful thing. And I, you know, as a member um, and particularly in, in my role, I'm able to 
interact and see what those businesses are doing and also help them, um, you know, help, help maybe join up people with the same problems, same ambition, or particularly where the services are complementary, you know, where I can see if that business spoke to that business, it would really accelerate what they're doing. So some of those things, you know, are, are what the FMA is all about. I think in the world of fintech generally, you know, it's a hugely exciting place. So if we look at you know, the level of investment into fintech globally. Now, I think in 2019, it was about $34 billion. Um, now, that's estimated to be above $50 billion. So, you know, the scale of investment going into fintechs is, is huge. Um, likewise, yeah. we see a lot of, you know, ground level um, investments in terms of angel investment right through to crowdfunding campaigns. And I think crowdfunding campaigns now a brilliant for people who, who are interested generally in fintechs because we can invest into a fintech business with as little as 10 pounds if we want to and it gives us a real glimpse into what that business is doing and a, a chance to be involved in that way um i think if you look at the number of fintech startups now um you know there's there's over ten thousand in the americans region i think almost 10,000 in, in EMEA and 6,000 in Asia Pacific. So, you know, there's no let up really in the number of fintechs being formed. And the reason that that is happening is simply because, you know, if you look at the bigger financial services market, the bigger financial institutions, they're almost monolithic in size. You know, it's mm -hmm. very difficult sometimes to affect change, but, um, you know, in a business of that size, and this is where fintech can really come in and play a role because um, you know it has the ability to do things faster it's got the ability to offer services and think and, and develop services that are brand new that potentially uh, are really helpful to that wider financial services sector so i think you know fintech is absolutely about innovative technology solutions um, two of the great examples we can look at would be mobile wallets and payments so mm. you know i think I think if you look at something like um, the consumer adoption rate for money transfer and payments worldwide, um, that reached 75%. If you look at the number of, say, Americans using something like um, voice assistance now for banking, that's reached 20%. So all of these things have their roots in fintech. And, you know, that's why I find it particularly exciting because it's the fusion of um, find the world of finance, the world of knowledge. Uh, in, in my sort of immediate um, career uh, recently would be Goldex, which is, mm -hmm. you know, a brand new technology to what is a, a, an industry that's thousands of years old, you know, gold trading. And it's brought mm -hmm. technology to that industry in a very leading edge way, you know, completely transformational. Um, so things like that are quite incredible, you know, and I think that how we access money, how we spend money, um, how we save money, how we invest is all changing and it all has its roots in fintech. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, it's staggering the, the numbers that you were reeling off there, um, seeing how much the, the market is growing uh, and across different areas of fintech as well. And as you say, a, a lot of these innovative companies have, have got the roots in, um, in fintech innovation um, and that, that innovation, that um, ability to, to move quickly, um, to scale up quickly as well um, is what's really driving the, the market at, at the moment. And I'm sure there's many lessons to be learned for, from other industries and um, for other industries from that um, and collaboration as well. 
And one of the reasons that you've um, started the FinTech Marketing Association is to, to create that community of FinTech professionals and, uh, and to share knowledge and, and expertise. And that it seems that there's this sense of community spreading across uh, FinTech in terms of their, their client base and, uh, and approaches to market. Um, could you tell us a bit more about the community marketing side of, uh, of things and, and how that's developing? Yeah, I think, um, you know, that's a very good point. And I think the community side of marketing is something that businesses, you know, uh, marketing teams, founders of businesses, CEOs are starting to realize is potentially a hugely powerful thing, because if you can bring together and maintain a community of people that are interested in in not only your service, but something around, um, you know, the, the periphery of what you offer, it becomes a great breeding ground for everything from ideas to customers to you know lifetime value of customers to services being extended and i think you know if we look at something like crypto for example you know within crypto there are some very well developed communities with hundreds of thousands of people in them uh, the same for for gold the same for you know some of the uh, payments technology that's used by different industries so I think people are starting to realize the value of these communities and building them and investing time into that where it comes back to to marketing again is there's a collection of people that are potentially advocates of your product or champions of your product or your service or again the flow of ideas and I think where the two things come together very well is you know usually a fin if a fintech which maybe doesn't have um, the power of the marketing budget of a bigger organization, you know, it doesn't have that spending uh, power because it's still being formed or developing or scaling up. I think one of the things that it can do is leverage that community of, of people. The way it can do that is coming back to what, what can be done to give added value to these people, to give, you know, knowledge that's useful to them, to give white papers, to give things that they're going to want to receive. So that community can be used in a, in a whole load of ways. Um, I think, you know, the key is to resonate with the person who is in the community or you want to join the community. So again, usually the incentive for them to join is either interest-based or it's incentive-based, uh, you know, and the incentive can often be this thirst for knowledge and the, the business providing knowledge um, to it. Um, so again, you know, I think there are, for the, for the end user, for the consumer, it's brilliant because we can go into all these different places and get this brilliant knowledge for free. Um, so, you know, in the crypto world, it might be um, information about how to use crypto better and make a bigger return. Um, again, going back to Goldex, we, we launched a gold trading academy, which is completely free, completely free content around learning how to trade and becoming better at trading in gold. And there's wow. numerous examples. I mean, if you take a business in, on the payment side like Modular, Modular mm -hmm. gives out some brilliant content through its newsletters, which are free to, to sign up. So there's this, I, I think communities, you know, people have realized that communities are a place to get very, very good knowledge very quickly and yes. serve to you. Businesses have realized that community marketing is a very good way of reaching the end user in a, in a much more um, synergetic way than just saying, here's our product, come and, come and get it. So, yeah. you know, I, I'm a big fan and advocate of that side of marketing. Absolutely. It just takes it to the next level, doesn't it? I mean, it's beyond products, solutions. Yes 
pain points and actually providing genuine knowledge for free um, to, to people who genuinely want to, to hear about it, to learn more and, and to understand it better, which I think is a huge development um, looking at even the, the financial side of things. Mm. Um, if you look at just over the past five, six years, how that's developed in terms of um, community and, and consumer knowledge uh, about who they're engaging with, how they're, um, they're being provided digital financial services and also investment. Um, and as you mentioned with with gold and how you were able to to build that community quickly, it's it's pretty impressive how how the market has has moved in in that direction, um, and it must be a good opportunity for marketers to leverage. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it, some of these things have their root very much in in the businesses that were doing very good CRM. You know, CRM was yes. the conventional tool within marketing that allowed marketers to serve content and news to, to people and I think community is an extension of that it doesn't take away the need to do CRM but CRM is often the lead into someone going from the product to being a loyal customer to join in the community and taking part mm -hmm. um, so even you know back in let's say 2014 2015 you know one of the fintechs I was working for at that that time my jar you know we we made a great investment into what we termed added value content for customers which wasn't about come and get you know come and get a loan from us it was purely about here are some things that we think you will be affected by you know the rising cost of this or the hidden cost of that and mm -hmm. here is here is some tips and content that we can give you that will be helpful and i think where you've seen that become much more wider and, and broad now is in you know just about financial services generally will with their customers through the process serve up to the customer a lot of useful content and knowledge to help yes. them manage their finances better for example so you know for the consumer uh, both fintech helping financial services you know offer things digitally and offer the customer different ways to access products yes. um, and this knowledge you know the world is is becoming a better place um, and fintech's been a, a great driver of that you know to show what can be done it's thought leadership at play, but in a very interactive mm. and innovative way, which is really nice yes. to see. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So with that in mind, um, how do you, um, fintechs and um, other financial institutions who are either working with fintechs or um, leveraging their, their services or, or style to, to be able to provide different digital services to, to customers, um, how can they... Um, really capitalize on um, this sense of, of community and, and thought leadership and, and knowledge? Um, and how can they match that with um, user experience? So obviously the traditional fintechs um, are, are the front runners in, in, in terms of the technology and being able to, to create that, that seamless user experience. Um, I wonder if you could share with us your thoughts on uh, how um, more traditional financial services might be able to, to leverage that sort of activity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think there are some some great um, examples of, of partnership working between a fintech and a, a much more established, you know, bigger financial institution. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of potential for fintechs to white label their technology and allow the institution to use it. You know, some of the businesses I've been involved in um, have have 
been great demonstrators of that. So, you know, my jar became um, a business, or well, it didn't become, but it, it, out of my jar, you know, a lot of the people who are involved in that have, have formed a business called Titer, um, which offers leading edge omni-channel, you know, customer management services to financial organizations. Um, so it, it's really leveraging some of the technology it had, some of the ways of working to deliver that service. I think on the UX side, um, you know, if I look at a company like Oakbrook, who again, I was involved, involved in um, as, as CMO in the past, um, you know, they've, they've spent a lot of time looking at how they can really give their customers you know, the very leading edge of user experience, you know, mm -hmm. so that's an investment into people, into research, into trying different things with, with groups of customers that set out of that. Again, you know, they've got a great opportunity to white label some of that and, and allow other bigger financial organizations to use it and indeed startups. And then if I look at Goldex again, Again, white labeling their technology is an opportunity for them and it's an opportunity for the wider sector. So I think, you know, there's, there's a load of businesses in fintech um, that are, are looking at problems the customer has, looking at where maybe there's a failure on the UX side or the customer journey side and saying, mm -hmm. we've got a solution that you could use to this. So I think the, the key to all of that is having conversations. You know, it's, it's the institutions acknowledging that um, we don't have to build this ourselves we can actually use yes. a very very good partner to provide that service to us um, so that starts with a conversation you know it hopefully it leads to an improvement in the service for the end user and i think one thing that accelerated all of that was uh, you know covid um, covid basically made customers go online for things because we we're all trapped in our our homes we couldn't couldn't leave them so we had to access, you know, we had online was really the key and digital finance and services were the key to, you know, managing our money, um, making payments, um, you know, even even the way in which payments can now be completely done through mobile. Again, that goes back to fintech at its, mm -hmm. at its heart. So a lot of the organizations that didn't have these things in place had to put them in place very quickly. And to do that, they accessed um, fintech a lot of the time to provide that service to them um, you know so so I think although quite often the involvement of a fintech in a in a bigger organization is quite behind the scenes you know we don't see it as consumers but it's there and it's playing mm -hmm. a role and you know it's playing an important role in delivering these services to to customers um, what you know to some extent I think a fintech that has the ability to white label its services or is selling into on, on the B2B side to a, another business, it either has to have a very, very good marketing team, um, you know, that's, that's reaching the, these people who are making these decisions, or it's got to have a very good business development team, um, mm. you know, or the two things working together, because otherwise these conversations don't happen unless they're happening at maybe a C, C level and introductions are being made um, by that way. But, you know, I think generally what, is true of every financial services organization is that there is generally an appetite to keep improving and yes. keep you know improving things for the customer because 
again, what's changed is I think the minimum expectation the consumer has, the bar is raised. So, you know, mm -hmm. we expect to be able to access online banking services. We expect to be able to make all our payments from our, our mobiles. We expect, you know, th that we can have everything served to us digitally now. So anyone that's not, and we expect, you know, an, an excellent online or mobile experience. So that's the minimum standard. You know, if we don't yeah. get that as a customer, we'll think, oh, that's not very good. And I think, you know, where fintech sometimes, you know, sometimes in fintech, things that are done get a lot of fanfare. Um, I think the traditional banks might do the same thing, but not get as much fanfare because the expectations higher of, yes, of, of those to be very good. So again, you know, I think um, the, the coverage of, uh, in terms of the media, um, you know, can be can make a big song and dance for something that's happening in fintech. Banking doesn't necessarily get the same treatment, um, yeah. but there is the appetite always to improve. I think on on both sides of the equation. Definitely, yes, uh, that's a very good point. Actually, there's so much appetite for for news and and so much mm. interest in in fintech. Uh, all the new developments, new products coming out, new technology being used, that sometimes um, so when some of the banks and some of the more traditional financial services providers are, are doing something similar, it, it might fall by the wayside because mm. um, the, the focus is all about the, the tech, um, which brings mm. me very nicely onto systems. Um, obviously, there's a, another big difference between traditional financial services and traditional fintechs. Um, that many large financial institutions are lumbered with these old mm. legacy systems. Yes. Um, and as you said, COVID has just accelerated the technology uptake and, and innovation required. Um, and uh, many of them have done very well in, in bringing on board new technology and, and using it effectively in a very short space of time. Um, can you um, share some insight on, on, on the kind of background to, to that and um, what marketers can be can be doing in terms of, of their systems as well because obviously the with COVID there's the issue of, of security and, and trust um, and in, in the flight to digital that's paramount um, so on the one hand it's providing this seamless digital experience to uh, to customers uh, but on the other hand it's keeping everything running in the in the background making sure that it's secure um, and making sure that um, everything's being communicated in the in the right way um, so there's a lot to think about um, where do you see that fitting where do you see marketing's role in that um, and um, I, I'd just be interested to, to hear your thoughts on, on where it all fits together and, and what's the route forward. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I, I saw a statistic the other day, which I can't remember, unfortunately, but it was it was definitely showing how, um, you know, online scams and scams around payments, you know, bills, um, identity uh, have, have increased exponentially, you know, through this COVID period because the the fraudsters recognize that everyone is online and you know everything from a text message sent to your phone which looks very um very legitimate with a link in can lead to a whole host of problems so the mm -hmm. the way in which you know fraudsters are using this opportunity presented by covid to um attack uh, individuals and attack certain organizations you know is is very worrying i think you know going back 10 years um th there were very sophisticated um you know organizations um targeting lenders 
Um, so, so, so an organisation like CFAS, for example, is, is very, very important in, yes. in helping to solve that. Um, it remains, you know, very relevant and important today. I think some of the things that, you know, organisations and particularly marketers can do is to take the expertise that exists in their business around, you know, things to look out for, phishing, phishing attempts, you know, mm. um, this type of communication that that can be targeted at individuals working in that institution can take that knowledge of how we protect ourselves against that and share it with their customers through the communities and through the newsletters that we might give them through the content we might give them um, you know i think i think that education side is particularly important for you know, across the whole demographic of customers, actually. So if I take yes. in, in my family, you know, there's individuals of completely different ages, you know, from, from child to mid seventies, who are potentially, you know, accessing services where they might receive uh, one of these phishing um, communications. And it's a very simple task for a marketer to share that expertise with that consumer base. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think, I think what it can do is have you know if we don't do that what it can do is really put people off using some of these services um yes. you know that are available that may be very very secure um you know the online transactions now are so sophisticated and so seamless that it's easy for us to forget to look for the basics sometimes mm. um you know i've seen lots of uh, examples on social media where people have said i've received this message is it is it genuine? Should I click on it? And I think people now are very cautious, yes. um, which is a good thing because it, what, what's happening is that community of people um, is helping to educate. Our responsibility as marketers, I think, is to just accelerate that ex education as far as we can and to make sure there's good content available for people to, to access. But it, to some extent, you know, I think the risk is it does undermine some of the very good services that are available I, at, at the very least makes people more cautious about using them yes yeah you're absolutely right and it, we did a, a survey earlier in the year where we were looking at trust uh, with digital financial services and um while a staggering number of um over 60s were were using digital banking services for the for the first time um there was um, a real disparity in terms of trust um, and the, the, the um, older end of the demographic are actually more trusting than, than the younger demographics, mm. um, which um, I think speaks to this drive for education around security and, yes. uh, and what to watch out for, for, for scams and phishing and, and everything else. I think mm. you know, we're inherently cautious now um, because of the, um, the complexity and um, you know, the cleverness of all of the, the different scams that are, have come out. So um, it would be interesting to see how that plays out post-pandemic, if you can say that, um, yes. as we see the, the relationship start to shift. Um, and, and as the more and more education is coming out about the types of scams that are, that are around. Um, it would be interesting to see um, if there's any change in, in the particular demographics that are, are more trusting than, than others. But mm. um, yeah, I think it's very important for, for all ages to be ed educated and, and informed and updated um, of, of new scams or just what to look out for, even if it's just simple steps. 
um, mm. because if you're in any doubt, you, the example that you mentioned, posting on social media, if you were in doubt about it, then that tells you something. So yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Trust your absolutely. gut on that one, I think. <laughs> yes.